This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast, brought to you by Untuck It and Manscaped. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. Ready to talk about FPL Game Week 11 is in the books. Uh, another green arrow and another captaincy fail. So let's just <laughs> focus on the green arrow, shall we? Let's focus on the green arrow. Uh, let's keep it positive in general. This is the new, this is the, this, this Brandon, this episode is the first episode in the always cheating rebrand. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're uh-huh. back to focusing on the positivity. I am still reeling from being called an old dad on Reddit. Uh, FPL Reddit is a great community, uh, but that wouldn't hurt. Brennan, I'm 37. Okay. Not that old. Okay. <laughs> That's like thoroughly old. Like I'm at the end of my youth. Okay. You know, still, but yeah. th- that said, you're I don't want to bar- be an old. You're barely old enough to run for president. <laughs> By two years. Exactly. I don't, but <laughs> all that said, it got to me. So sometimes, sometimes Reddit works and like that. It actually gets in your head a little bit. I don't want to be the old dad who comes on a podcast and complains about my fantasy team. Let's not do that. Let's keep it positive. Let's focus no. on the fun. That's what the always cheating podcast has always been about for five years. Let's get back to the fun. No more complaining. Brandon, how was your game week? How'd it go? You know, I, I think it was pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, wow. be on, to be on brand. I ended up, I ended on 64 points and my one true jump off the couch and scream and enjoy moment was the late Jamie Vardy goal against Crystal Palace yeah. This, yeah, that uh, this morning, Sunday morning. And, a lot of people brought in Jamie Vardy on that big high from the Southampton pummeling and didn't really know what to expect because, uh, you know, Leicester haven't really been steamrolling teams apart from Newcastle and Southampton. And yeah. Vardy, you know, he's kind of developing this season of, you know, being the highest goal scorer in the league, but somehow having the fewest touches of anyone at the same time. Yeah. And it, it, it was the same thing against Palace, and he came through with that beautiful goal um, with dummies and overlaps. It was it was tremendous. So that was that was great. My midfield uh, really naked 
for points. Captain yeah. Sterling, and as as many people did, and uh, worst possible scenario, a one pointer. But Aguero, <laughs> I um, everything. <laughs> Not everything. To stick with Aguero as I have the last month and to uh, get a start and a goal uh, felt good. And, of course, it was the week that um, you know I finally caved and took the armband off of him that he did that. But uh, happy to see those six points. But you and I, we can share in – well, let's share in three things in okay. our defensive back line. Yeah. Both of us are Matt Ryan owners. And listen, if you haven't heard the good news, it's <laughs> Matt Ryan. Get on board. Yeah. We both awesome brought in shirt. Trent Alexander Arnold this week, and uh, he came through with that late assist to Mane on the corner kick. Get another reason why Trent is a must have for our fantasy teams. It's the direct set pieces, the indirect set pieces, uh, everything that he offers, the bonus points. So, a seven pointer from him. That was my transfer on the week. Felt great. And then this will be the note that I end on. Lord Lundstrom. John Lundstrom <laughs> yeah. with a 21-pointer. We actually uh, have a question in our lightning round that let's just jump to it because it is very germane mm-hmm. in talking about John Lundstrom. Victor Forberg Skogang wants to know, you guys often use the term brace when talking about a player who scores two goals. I'm not quite sure what the term actually means. Maybe others are wondering about the same thing. Did you research this question, Josh? Can you tell me uh, <laughs> what brace means, where it comes from? Uh, no, I, I don't. I actually wondered if he was literally like, I don't know what that means. Like it's like, you know, like th- that brace means two goals. Or do you think it actually is like, where does that come from? Like an old English or is it like a Germanic? I, I did not. Did you research this? Do you know? <laughs> I did. I, I did research it. Like you threw the running order together and I, I, mm-hmm. I peeked at some of the questions and that one did uh, jump out at me and I looked it up and apparently it's an old hunting term from England. Uh-huh. And if you were to bag two birds or two animals in your hunting expedition, you've bagged a brace. So oh, wow. I think that that okay. is where brace comes from, and that's also why you might say you've bagged a brace. So, okay, uh, I like that. Uh, next week we'll explain. Next week we'll explain differential, and we'll just keep mowing through these uh, uh, one a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> differential all you know obviously refers to trench warfare during World War One, in which uh, British <laughs> lieutenants. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So um, let's see. It's my sixth green arrow in a row. But here's the problem, Josh. My green arrows are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. This <laughs> yeah, one was yeah. roughly 20,000 spots, but it's still continually moving in the right direction. Yeah, and same same for me, a very small one. I finished on 63, so one one fewer or less. One fewer, I think that's the grammar. One fewer point than you. Second week in a row, I've had one fewer point than you. It's really uh, – I've taken a, a massive tumble in the 50-buck cup as a result of a couple of uh, – ill-timed yellow cards uh and uh i really i thought i had you until you know i'm gonna keep this this podcast positive brandon so i won't say that that lester match was like chewing glass okay i'm mm-hmm. not gonna say that uh because no. i'm keeping it positive but yeah. um if i if i was keeping it less positive i would say that it was like <laughs> chewing glass uh and then swallowing it and then um i don't know you know passing it it was just it was not a good not a good <laughs> experience yeah. Yeah, um, well you had because you had uh Soyunju on the bench there with his uh, on the bench. unexpected goal yeah yeah that was that i mean 
you know, the thing is, what 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 consoled me a little bit was I was considering a bunch of different transfers with my with my two moves. I ended up bringing in Lundstrom and Connolly, um, or I know not not Lundstrom I already had. I, I brought in uh, Trent Trent and Connolly. Um, was considering a bunch of different moves, but there really wasn't a version in which I would have started um, Sanyanchu this week, and so I, that that. That was heartening. I, I would have, I, I almost definitely would have played Fredericks. I mean, you know, I, you could make, in h- hindsight being 2020, sure, you know, Sanchez would have maybe was the better option. But, um, you know, if you have Fredericks, you, you know, West Ham had been pretty decent at home this year. You know, it felt like a reasonable start there. Um, and I would have started him over Leicester uh, away. Just a classic right. home away coin flip kind of kind of situation, and you know he right. didn't start, but he came on for one point. So had I had him for that one point late sub, and Sanyochu was first on the bench, then I would really be yeah. feeling bad. But as it was, I had Sanyochu mm-hmm. second. So can I, um, yeah, can I ask you a follow up on Sanyochu? So uh, a lot of people, a lot of managers that I follow and I respect who are having great seasons also bench bench Sanyochu, and you. Bench Sayanju against Southampton as well. You got him to come on uh, as an auto sub, though. Yeah. What is the hesitation in starting these Leicester defenders? Because I think Leicester defense looks really good, and that's uh, I've really come around yeah. on that. Well, Evan I mean, they Sayanju only, pairing. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they, they only had you know they going into this match they kept three clean sheets in ten. Um, you know, two of the matches they kept clean sheets in there were early red cards, right? So they only kept one clean sheet in a t- mm-hmm. one you know in an 11 non 11 match um i you know i just fancied palace to possibly get a goal out of that match i mean to me yeah, it was kind of a yeah. coin flip between him and and fredericks and maybe maybe that's there's a kind of stubbornness that came in like i brought in fredericks um i want this to work you know i i mean whatever you know Listen, it, like, as, a, as an isa diop owner i yeah i can't even have this conversation <laughs> yeah it's exactly it's like yeah he's, it feels like he gets like a yellow card every time you start him too it's like a i uh yeah right. it's it's been a um second second follow-up on the yeah. side are your mm-hmm. feelings changing i mean lester have a really great yeah. run coming up especially after arsenal which is you know a decent fixture in and of itself Yep. Are you going to be more and more likely to put faith in Sayonju? Yeah. In fact, my my bus team, copyright hail cheaters, uh, the team that I have in place right now, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, tonight, maybe I'll go for a walk tonight and get hit by a bus, Brian. Let's hope not. Uh, the ultimate has... always cheating moment would be <laughs> if a bus actually came through your apartment wall and mowed you down while we were recording this episode. <laughs> you know what? You know what I have in my team right now? I have Sanyonchu starting at home to Arsenal and Lundstrom starting away to Spurs. So uh, take that uh, with a bowl of, with a bowl of graham crackers, Brandon. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I've got right now. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced um, I needed maybe just a little more convincing. I, those red cards have really thrown me off a little bit. We're going to talk more about Lester in a moment because uh, the, the theme of this week's episode in, in keeping with, with getting back to our, our roots and being a little more positive is the always cheating appreciation society. Okay. We're going to induct a few new members in and Brandon, we're going to kick a couple out as well. Uh, yeah, to say, say, say goodbye to two, uh, to two beloved, always cheating icons. We're not going to well, kick them out. We're just re- politely retiring them. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's just they're sort of um, they're getting like they're like they're getting an oversized hook that's just sort of bringing them off the stage. <laughs> I think the term is uh, sunset. They're being sunset. <laughs> yeah, they're being sunsetted. Exactly. Um, so yeah, they're being rendered uh, redundant. You know. So <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, let's let's. So yeah, game week in the books also had a green arrow. Not a huge one, but. Uh, a green arrow is a green arrow, right? I mean, uh, let's keep moving forward. And uh, that's two in a row for me. So that feels that feels good. Um, you know, we set our kind of goal of where we wanted to be after uh, after game week 10. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to get there. It was, you know, I had a bad game week mm-hmm. nine. And that's really what knocked me back a little bit. But, you know, moving forward, I, I do think that, um, you know, one thing I just want to quickly hit on, because I think it's really important. I think it might change the way that I look at my transfers and even my captains and stuff like that going forward is, um, I, you know, I really think that we're seeing a kind of like we're approaching a kind of singularity right now um, in a way that I can't remember mm-hmm. ever feeling in fantasy where, uh, you know, it used to be that, you know, you had kind of like the Twitter team, you know, who was, um, you know, we all kind of it was like, oh, like we all have Gilfy, you know, or whomever. Um, and then you kind of go on to the stats page and you're like, oh, Gilfie's owned by 8% of managers. Like, God, it's just like, I guess I'm just in a crowd of people who we all, we all have him and they think yeah. he's great. Um, and you know, a player like John Lundstrom used to be a player like that, you know? And, uh, now, I mean, when he got his amazing haul, he was at like 37% ownership and, uh, and then yeah. he, you know, he rose in price again. And, you know, I think that. It, it feels like a lot, a lot more people have that. And it's so like, you know, so anyway, so, you know, you have the social media group and then like just in our mini leagues, though, it used to be very different. And I felt like you'd see a lot of, um, a lot of different kinds of teams, you know, and it feels like things are kind of a little more, um, very similar right now. And instead of bemoaning that, I mean, I just think that I want it to, I think one thing is, is, is crucial, which is that I think I'm going to start making transfers earlier in the week. Um, I've always been a wait until Friday to make my transfers kind of person. And I feel like the, the scales are tipping now where it used to be. And the reason you wait till Friday is you never know, right? Someone can get injured in the champions league, uh, something can come on a press conference, et cetera. But it feels like what's happening more often this season is I'm not able to bring in a player I want because their price has risen so much, which has happened more often than, I'm glad I saved my transfer because someone got hurt at midweek, you know? And, yeah. and so, it, and I just think part of that is because a lot of people, more people have information. So people are just jumping a little bit faster. Um, I also think that it kind of lends itself to like a little kind of basic, like game theory when it comes to captain picks. Um, I think that, you know, an obvious candidate was this, was this weekend uh, where, you know, everybody and their brother was captaining a player on Man City and, um, of course, it was very obvious why. I mean, they had just, you know, Southampton just conceded nine goals on home to Leicester, uh, lost to them again at midweek, um, and it seemed like they could go off. But that, you know, in a situation where everyone is doing that, there's a great opportunity open to you to be a little more maverick. And, um, yeah. you know, I don't know that it really would have worked out this week unless you um, unless you captained uh, Tammy Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. yeah. and But even that one, I think, was a slightly tricky captain because he hadn't been in – Awesome, awesome form, right? Um, you know, yep. going into going to that match, but you know, I just think there is. I feel like we've we've preached a kind of conservative approach on this podcast, and I feel like now is the time. Maybe we're just a little further in the season too, but I think now is the time to open things up a little bit. I think a little more aggression, a little more chasing some different types of players, a little more early transfers. Um, I, that just that's where I want to be as a manager yeah. going forward. What about you? I, 
I don't totally disagree with that assessment, but I do think the sameness that you're talking about, this singularity, the rise of the Terminator robots, such as it is, mm-hmm. um, it's actually coming from the fact that there are very few players in the league right now who are consistent. And so mm-hmm. we're all converging on these few consistent players. And it's not like it is some herd mentality. I feel like there is just a, a uniquely narrow uh, field of great mm. uh, FPL assets right now, which yeah. to your point, I think what will really help me personally, and I think what will help a lot of managers right now is that captaincy. And I mm-hmm. know where I am right now around the 500K mark, I would be remarkably better if I had actually hit more than one captaincy through game week 11, which I've, I've missed virtually every week. And that yeah. would really change everything. So I don't want to end up just trying to focus on going full Maverick and bringing in um, a bunch of crazy marginal or peripheral players in an effort to turn the tide. I think that I still am feeling confident in my approach and looking at these popular players because they are um, performing, you know, maybe not every week, but um, pretty yeah. consistently. If I can just uh, work that captaincy to my advantage, that is something that really can help turn the tide of your season. Yeah, I I think that's a good, that's a fair fair way to kind of split it it's not it's really two different things isn't it there's the and maybe the maybe the captaincy thing not working out is just kind of a fluke i mean maybe it just you know is a it feels like an extended fluke like it feels like uh, josh you know what that sound means the police siren that means the next <laughs> caller to the on. always cheating uh, podcast gets a free copy of the ball is round by david goldblatt all right well let's use that let's use that as an excuse to move on uh the always cheating super league brennan you want to read off the top 10 Yeah, the top 10 after game week 11. Let's start in 10th place and work our way up to number one. It's uh, Declan Kelly, followed by Melanie Stevens, FPL Lewis, and Robert Wilde in seventh place. El Magic Ahmed Salem in sixth, then Mark Bebos. Bradley Perry in fourth. In third place, it's Declan Ryan. And in second, it's Ewan Hogan. Uh, Owen. Owen Hogan, thank you for the correction there, sir. And our new number one right now, it's Respect Wadinho with a massive 97-point wow. game week score in game week 11. Jeez, well done, Wadinho. Wow. I know, right? Well done. Jeez. 735. Where does, where does that put him? Uh, and Overall, that's got to be it's gotta be pretty high. Hold on a second here. I, I want to give Respect Wadinho. That gives, yep, 28th in the world. Not bad. That's incredible. Not bad That's at incredible. all, Woudinho. <laughs> well if done. you want to compete with Woudinho, just go to alwayscheating.com and click the league tab. And uh, our league code is there. It's all over our social media as well. Josh, I see next on the uh, order is our rant of the week. <laughs> yeah, this was a good one. Actually, it, was, it sort of gets in line with what you were just talking about a second ago. Uh, they said... Um, I have not, you know what? It's funny. I forgot to include this person's name. I got it from Twitter. So I hope you're listening. Random person on Twitter. Uh, he said, uh, I've not, it was a he, I believe. I said, I've not had one captain success this season. Yesterday, I asked my son who I should captain, KDB or Mane. He told me, Tammy. I didn't listen and I went KDB. That's the fourth slash fifth time I've gone against his advice. This is this five-year-old son. Um, wait. wait. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it is five-year-old. But yeah, it's five-year-old son, and I've been burned. Am I a terrible dad, or should I put my FPL faith in a five-year-old from here on out? Well, I guess your five-year-old is kind of representative of the FPL season, right? The younger the season is, the less 
uh, stock you're likely to put into it and sort of stick <laughs> to your stubborn ways. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, two months from now, we'll be um, a little more malleable or a little more able to, to, I don't know, listen to this five-year-old studied advice. I think that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I just put all my faith. If I had a five-year-old who was smart enough to tell me who to captain, uh, I have a three-year-old who isn't quite – she still calls soccer kickaball, uh, all kind of one mm-hmm. word running together. So and, until she's able to you know, really assess these matches, uh, which I hopefully will be soon. I may take her to the Black Horse Bar all the time. Uh, you know, She'll get there soon. Uh, it's going like uh, yeah, to be like Lisa and her dad. Remember this old Simpsons episode where Lisa and her dad watch football together. Anyway, go ahead. I think you were failing to pick up on the uh, the alphabet cereal that she was eating the other day. You couldn't read it because it was upside down, but it spelled the word Lundstrom. Wow, that's uh, amazing. So, she is a huge I'm bowl. Sorry, you so, it. yeah, that's uh... <laughs> the bigger <laughs> the bowl, the longer the name of the captain's shout. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we uh, take a quick break and get into the Always Cheating Appreciation Society, a quick word on our Patreon page, which you can check out at patreon.com slash always cheating. That's a place where you can go if you like what Josh and I are doing on the podcast and you want to get involved, you want to support us. You want to check out our Slack message forum. You want to get an extra ad-free podcast every week. You can join us there. And a big welcome to our new Patreons as of this week. We have a new producer, a warm welcome to Andy Portlock. And at the Volkswagen level, J.P. Burns. And a quick shout-out to our new Lord Sorloth patrons, Benjamin Newman, Mike Smith, Jeff, Joshua Marsh, and Ben Robinson. Uh, thanks to all you guys. And, uh, yeah, extra special thank you to, uh, Andy and, uh, JP. So Brian, let's take a quick break. We'll get back to the always cheating appreciation society. And we're back. Always cheating salutes. Brandon, we can only start in one place. Uh, the Sheffield United Appreciation wow. Society. Yeah. Now, uh, this could, of course, be the John Lundstrom Appreciation Society, but let's inaugurate the entire team, okay? Yeah. Because this team, even though no one basically, basically nobody owns anyone on this team outside of Lundstrom, maybe they should because they're good. The their their manager Chris Wilder is has been highly rated for a long time. I remember reading an article about him like three years ago or something, and um, I think they had a couple of opportunities to get promoted uh, in the last couple of years and uh they're here and they're really i mean I, at this point i would be shocked if they went down i can't see it happening and they're in sixth place right now just knocking on that uh, door of the top four which is place surely surely that's not where they're going to end the season but you have to admit like the moves that they were making to carve up that burnley defense uh were incredible and you know it yeah. was it was just play that was befitting a top club. And you really, uh, I will join you, Josh, in saluting the blades. We've got a couple <laughs> comments here. The first one is from Byron Brew. It says, I'd love to hear you reflect a little on Lundstrom and how a 4.0 quote defender from a promoted team has torn up the game so far this season. I like how Byron Brew is basically pitching the story of John Lundstrom as if it's like uh, <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. Like you, you won't believe it, but this story will warm your heart. It, so three how do you goals- explain it? A four million defender with three goals, one assist, five clean sheets, and ten bonus points. Probably first time that's ever happened. Maybe the only comparison I could think of is when Riyad Mahrez had his amazing season for Leicester. Uh, 
uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and what was it like four years ago? Whenever Lester won the league, I guess that was like 2013 or something. Kind of like it's all blending together now, Brandon. Uh, but it was you know like five years ago, let's say, uh, and he yeah. was a 5.5 million midfielder who was playing like a like a 12 million midfielder, and yeah. uh, you know, and so then it was. Um, the thing is, you know, yeah, his ownership now is almost forty percent. Uh, if you, you know, include if you if you sort of move that up to active managers, like managers who are still playing the game seriously. I mean, you have a lot of teams that just sort of drop off once you get to like the throwaway mark of the season. Yeah. Uh, it's probably more like sixty or seventy percent. I mean, I don't know if that maybe it's exaggerating, but it's you know it's quite high. Like more than more than half the active managers in the game, I suspect, have. Lundstrom in their squad now but I mean the thing is like that's fine that's always how the game is going to go but you get to bank all those points beforehand you know I had him for yeah. his 12 point haul uh he's had you know two clean sheets in game week eight and nine I had him for both of those uh so we've all kind of benefited from the Lundstrom run and in some well, way you know, the, well maybe yeah, some of ahead. us maybe some of us totally haven't in that like we're we're now at a watershed moment for Lundstrom where now if you were benching Lundstrom before you will no longer you will never again because I think yeah. I've missed out on some of those Lundstrom points just by not believing like I should in the Sheffield United team and Lundstrom himself right. so Never benching this guy again. Uh, I mean, some people believed even more going into game week 11. The Dork Lord points out 16 people actually triple captained Lundstrom this week, <laughs> which uh, the presence of mind there is is incredible. But you it's have to agree remarkable. with those people that, yeah, we just yeah. have not seen a player like this in <laughs> FPL. And yeah. it, it just at 4.7, he still presents insane value like yeah. if you still don't have him don't be put off by the fact that you missed the you missed out on the 4.0 price tag or these points no it's this party is going to last a long time just the one thing i feel like i do need to mention is you know once he started really going off on saturday there were a lot of people i felt like it was like something it was like just kind of blowing up people like well it doesn't matter how well he's doing because everyone owns him and i think there's two things i want to say there one is that who cares? Like when someone on your team is getting two goals and a clean sheet and three bonus points, that should be fun. No matter no matter what their ownership is like, uh, and and sort of the and one of the reasons why is because like sixty percent of the game just still does not own him, right? Or six, you know whatever it is. Even even if you just count active yeah. managers, half the game doesn't have this guy, and you just get twenty one points. Uh, that's awesome, you know. And so. Um, don't even think about anything else, you know, <laughs> like just, just enjoy it. Like if, if this kind of stuff isn't fun, then, then maybe the game, you're, you know, maybe you're like a little too like caught up in differentials and, and ownership and just like, it was awesome that this random 4 million guy scored two goals and got a clean sheet. Like that's, that's a great thing. And, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my thought on that. <laughs> totally. Uh, one last question in the Sheffield United, United appreciation society. It's Chris day Carey. I'm surely not going to be the only one asking how essential is Lundstrom on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being take points hits to get him in. Lundstrom is going to be price rising from here to eternity. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you say you are one of the few that doesn't have John right now? Yeah. I'll call him John. Would you be taking a points hit going into game week uh, 12? to get this guy just looking at these if you're going to be priced out uh of getting lundstrom this week should you should you take a hit i don't know i mean 
taking a hit for any defender uh, in an away match. I mean, Spurs do not look good, and they won't have Sun next weekend. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about that today or not, but uh, that was wild. Um, and you know, from then on, they have this. But the, you know, think about Sheffield, and the thing I'm I'm really seriously considering doubling up on on Sheffield's um, defense in the next couple of weeks because starting with game week 13, they play Man United at home. I honestly would expect them to keep a clean sheet that match. And then they have Newcastle at home, uh, Aston Villa at home, Watford at home, Brighton away, uh, Norwich away, which even that, they should probably, you would fancy them to maybe keep a clean sheet in that one too. I mean, it's possible that starting in game week 13, I mean, you could just see a absolute boatload of clean sheets you know, and that comes during a difficult kind of crowded fixture list time as well. But they're not dealing with a yeah. super deep squad here. So it's kind of the dream scenario, like a, 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 t- a team full of cheap players who aren't going to get rotated very much and right. the, a ton of chances to keep clean sheets. I mean, it's like just just get a fifth defender and you know, make your fifth defender a um, a Sheffield United defender and just stash them on your bench until, until yeah. December, basically. And that's where we go with United is – defensive i just don't see any uh i mean at least muse with the hat trick of assists still i think that the the temptation for my fpl squad like you say josh is the defense and i i I guess they're just the problem with the attackers on sheffield is they're not that consistent and there are plenty of other options yeah if you're looking at uh, 4.5 ish defenders right now you know, no one's really coming through in a consistent way. So if Sheffield is offering some level of consistency, I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, we say probably does deserve a little bit of uh, attention. You know, he's now got uh, three goals and three assists. I mean, but those the two two goals and three, the three assists of all, all came last game week. Uh, the rear three assist game from a forward, which I feel like you don't see very often. Um, and then uh, goals in matches nine and 10 as well. So 4.9 million, pretty easy enabler. Like, I feel like for me, if the uh, Connolly thing doesn't work out, uh, Connolly to Musse yeah. is a transfer that would make a lot of sense in a couple game weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I follow your logic there. All right, Lester. Shall we appreciate the great <laughs> Leicester City Brendan Rodgers squad? Yeah, yeah. It's Vardy is having. They look amazing. Yeah, this it's he. Look, I mean, it's like the Vardy from five or six years ago. It it's like you said. I mean, it doesn't feel. I don't know. Like, I mean, is it like? Is it too sour to say it doesn't feel sustainable with Vardy? I mean, it's 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 really. I mean, it's he's amazing. He's a he's a great great finisher. He always has been. Um, but I mean, to be on 10 goals through 11 matches is probably a little, a little higher than you'd expect. I mean, this is the appreciation society, so I don't want to get too sour here, but it's, it's really remarkable how well he's done. Well, we should, we should, it is remarkable, but I think it's fair given, given where a lot of managers are right now, just to talk about the long-term viability of Vardy, because if you, if you don't own Vardy right now, you know, at the end of this week, you're going to be looking at shelling out. 9.5 9.5 just to bring him in and that's not money you're going to want to want to spend lightly yeah. i i think it's like it, it's a bit of a an fpl pundit cliche but penalties do add a level of security with vardy which i like he has that cane factor in that he will never be dropped yeah. And Leicester, the Leicester put, to put them on the same high pedestal of Sheffield United, 
they have nothing else going on. They're not involved in Europe the way a lot of other teams are, you know, including Wolves from, uh, and then going uh, to Chelsea, which is another really important FPL team right now. Yeah, I think uh, there's just no mystery and there's no doubt around Leicester. And if your only doubt with Vardy is that, well, can he keep this up? Then I think that's a a really good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm considering burning four to bring him in this game week. Uh, I I would have done it last game week. I, I genuinely would have if there was a way for me to do it that that made sense. And um, I just I felt like I had a lot of different things I wanted to do this game week, and I was really I was really trying to to bring in Trent. I was trying to bring in a better forward, and I was trying to and I and I was interested in bringing in Vardy, and it was just like you know you know sometimes you just have to like kind of pick your spots, and yeah. and I honestly was hoping that, that that Palace would 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 you know rain Lester in, which you know I mean honestly it was a strategy that worked for the first eighty eight minutes of that game, so <laughs> yeah. You, yeah you know so I mean I can't you know sometimes the the result just doesn't um, doesn't you know, you can, you can kind of play it right. You know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he did score. So, I mean, obviously it, it didn't work out, but I know what uh, you, you mean know. though. Yeah. Or it, and, and you have to confront this as an FPL manager all the time of like, well, I can't beat myself up because I made the, what was in a vacuum, the correct decision that was borne out by, as you say, like, like 99% of the match that was played. And it just so happened that that other 1% broke your back. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, but it is what it is. Um, so now the question is, you know, how do I bring him in? It may require sacrificing one of the Man City midfielders. And I, and I don't really know who I would, I don't know. That's just really tough. And yeah, or, or Mo Salah, I suppose. Um, I mean, Salah, just even having him still is just so, so, so mad. It's gotta be Salah though, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but then it's like they have this incredible run uh, right after that. And so am I just going to be trying to bring him back in immediately? You know, it's, he's putting leeches on his ankle to drain fluid like on an hourly basis. It doesn't look good. It does not look good. I agree. <laughs> so I don't this know. Is, I mean, yeah. there's no. so many people out there where it's just like you've got this stacked up midfield of Sterling, De Bruyne and Salah. And yeah. who are you going to go without? Is, okay, so is, let's let's say that I did that. Let's say that I, I we're going off topic here just for a second, but like let's we're, it's we're in the Lester section. So all right, so here's what I would do. Let's say that I did this. I drop Salah and I bring in Jamie Vardy. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I remove uh, Josh King to Jamie Vardy. Which thank you for the thank you for the the goal, J, uh, King. If that is your parting goal, uh, that would leave me nine point four million uh, to spend in my midfield. Now. Who do I get though? Like, what midfielder do I even want or trust right now? I mean, I guess I could go Madison or Tielemans, and I could I could double up. Um, I could go with uh, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, uh, I could go all the way down to like a McGinn or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, like who who is the midfielder that you would want for the next uh, two or three game weeks? Like, if you had to pick somebody. Yeah, somebody on our Slack uh, who is a Sun owner put this question out to us. Uh, Sun's uh, has is serving a straight red card ban. Who do you bring him in? Yeah, and which is what what is so bizarre is that you look in that nine million bracket and there is there's no one. There are no midfielders <laughs> in that price bracket. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, so I who, guess who, I, I guess it would go, have to be you go cheap. You go cheap. I think. Yeah. Put, or Madison you, is that is that cheap? I mean, like that's compared co- compared to these players that we're talking about, KDB, Sterling, and Salah. I think it is. Yeah. 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 So then I would have. Uh, yeah. I mean, that I guess that might be that might be something I consider doing this game week. Uh, yeah. Just not a. Yeah. Not a fun spot to be uh, without Vardy. And I, I also, you know, the issue is that I, and I'm sort of kicking myself for not just finding a way to do it last game week because I do think he's probably the best game week 12 captain as well. Yeah, he's uh, the captain of yeah. my bus team. Yeah, yeah. I've, got it, I've got it on Tammy right now, uh, who I yeah. think is a very viable captain Agreed. too. Totally. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. And at this point, you know, there's the, um, I talk about effective ownership, right? So that's mm-hmm. ownership. Uh, of active managers and then the ownership climbs, but how many people are captaining them, right? So mm-hmm. the term that that's gotten really popular in the last year or so, and it's basically uh, like if you uh, own somebody, but you're not captaining them and their effective ownership is 130%, uh, that means uh, any goal they score is actually going to hurt your overall rank. <laughs> um, you know, it may not apply to your mini league, but certainly it's going to hurt your overall rank. And so it's his overall, you know, his effective ownership might get to like 140% or something uh, going into this weekend. And so if I don't have him, it would be, yeah. um, it'd be a problem. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I've got a hi- I've got a hypothetical for you. So to comments off, he writes in and says who to make way for Vardy among highly owned premiums. Uh, we discussed midfield options. If you had Aubameyang right now, would you do a straight swap going into game week twelve? OBS to Vardy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that, yeah, that seems. I, I, I agree. Yeah, that like I would definitely do that. Uh, yeah, so it's a tricky week ahead. It is a tricky week. So it's not, <laughs> but it's not all Vardy. So you mentioned Madison. Right. James Corrald says, is triple Lester overkill or simply capitalizing on good value? So Madison and Tielemans are kind of duking it out for best midfield option. And Lester, I think Madison for me is, is an e. I don't want to stress too much. That's an easy choice, but I'd go Madison over Tielemans if I was forced to make that choice. But I do think their defense looks amazing. So it's almost like a perfect FPL team where there are great pieces of Leicester from defense to midfield to striker that are great to take part in. I don't think triple list Leicester is overkill by any stretch. No, uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's overkill either. Uh that's probably what I will end up doing if if I drop Solomon. Maybe I just maybe I just have to. And you know, they have good fixtures. But the thing is that they're playing a kind of cagier style anyway. I mean, if I'm not gonna be captaining Sol, it's like I'm sort of like coming under the argument that everyone's been making for like the entire season. And I sort of just held out hope. I mean, I just based on how he had done the first his for you know, the last two seasons, I just thought I thought it was gonna be different. And maybe it would be if he hadn't hurt his ankle, you know, and yeah. so maybe there's a little bit of maybe it didn't work out quite as as i could have hoped and you know it's, yeah. it's matches he might have done a little better but he was doing so just so enough for a while there to keep you hanging on but i i think we're at that pivotal moment yeah i think so too so um yeah that's that's where i am uh yeah it's a it's a tricky tricky time ahead i guess i would even consider burning eight uh which i rarely do wow but okay. Well, okay. So let's, 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 I don't know if this is interesting to anybody, but let's play this out. Let's say that I, <laughs> that I make this move that I drop Mosala, right? And uh-huh. I'm going to go to my Lester tab here in my transfer section. 
and I bring in Jamie Vardy. Okay, boom. And then I go to um, my midfielders and I add James Madison. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. Actually, let's say that I do Telemans instead. Okay. Okay. And I bring in Telemans. And now if I dropped Connolly and brought in Jimenez, I would have a Jimenez, Abraham, Vardy front line, the Telemans, Sterling, De Bruyne, Mount midfield. Uh-huh. Sounds Not great. bad. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's worth a minus eight. I don't know. That's uh, that's a possibility. So maybe I'll do that. That seems like a, like that seems like a like a super black arrow, like so red it's black arrow for one game week. But uh-huh. then maybe it's like I I shoot up after that. So I don't know. We'll see. You're that's you're basically taking on a mortgage of sorts at a low interest <laughs> yes. rate. So I, exactly. I think I think that's a good call. All yeah. right. So uh, there is a natural segue here. I think uh, within the appreciation society to Liverpool, let's talk about the less talked about fullback which is uh, Andy Robertson along with mm-hmm. Mane. So it's like the fan favorites are Mo Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold, but we're inducting into the Appreciation Society here, Robbo and Mane. So what can, what can we say in appreciation of these guys? Uh, well, let me finish my water. Sorry about that. Um, we can say that they're um, – okay, I mean Robbo I still don't think is uh, – I mean, do you think that Robbo is as good a fantasy asset as Trent? Flatly, no. And that's not a very nuanced argument. I don't know if that's why people tune into podcasts to get the unnuanced <laughs> take. Yeah. But um, we saw this We saw this last season where Robertson was, better, was a better FPL asset straight up just by sheer volume of minutes. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that Robertson was keeping pace with Trent uh, with assists, Robertson was able to do that despite Trent with limited minutes defeating him in chances created and successful crosses into the box. And I think it's pretty undeniable that this season it's definitely flipped in that Trent is getting as many minutes, but he's still delivering on all of those. I would use the dreaded stats argument here, but um, we don't even talk, need to talk about Trent's stats. He is delivering the FPL points it, with with seemingly more ease than Robertson. He's insane. So, yeah, he he's insane. He's an amazing, amazing player. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't know. There's not. I mean, he's probably. I think if you were wild carding at any point. In the, you know, I mean, like he is he is maybe like the one essential player in, in fantasy. I mean, I just there's no way you can not have him. And, I, you know, probably given Liverpool's upcoming fixture, I probably would if I was well carding have Trent and Robbo, those those two players in my team, despite their price, uh, because you're basically getting attacking wingers who might occasionally keep a clean sheet. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, they're like, they're kind of like, they remind me a little bit of Man City last season where Man City conceded a bunch of goals the first half of the season. And you're like, are they, it's like, is their defense not good? Cause the stats indicate that they are, you know? And then <laughs> yeah. by the second half of the season, it was like, they were just keeping clean sheet after clean sheet after clean sheet. And I, yeah. It does feel like the, there's these, you know, the, the, they concede one goal in the, uh, Spurs match. It's kind of a fluky goal, right? I mean, you could argue that, um, it's fluky in the sense that, that there were, you know, some was unlucky to miss it, perhaps, but, uh, you know, just basically one chance in the entire match. Uh, and, you know, Aston Villa, I, 
really can't recall them having more than a couple of chances, you know, at home uh, to Liverpool either, right? I mean, am I am I forgetting some massive chances that Aston Villa had besides the the goal yeah. they scored? No, no, you're not. And uh, yeah, I I guess the comparison too is that our our belief. I think what we're trying to say here is our belief is that over the course of these this 38 week season, that trend is we would bet money, real money. Cash that, money. Uh, cash. Ca- we're putting cash down on the table here. Mm-hmm. The trend is far, far exceeds. Oh, I don't want to put it too strongly. He exceeds Robertson in the FPL points. I, I, I think so. I, I would bet actual cash money on that 100%. Mm-hmm. Brandon, let's let's move on to our final uh, final category here. We're retired. By the way, that appreciation society became a Trent is better than Robbo. That was that was like a Trent. That was secretly a Trent Hugs and Arnold appreciation society. <laughs> Welcome to the appreciation society, Robertson. Uh, we knew you'd love it here. Also, yeah, Mane, like a, you're great. It's like a little brother who goes somewhere, and they just everyone talks about how great their big brother is. Uh, all right, uh, in retirement, uh, we were we're we're, we're um, what was that? What was that? We're sunsetting. We're sunsetting. Yeah. Two two names here: Timo Puki, who you and I have loved since since spring. Cast your mind back. Oh, to, to, to spring twenty. <laughs> when we learned of his existence. <laughs> yeah, all those many five months ago, uh, and Callum, the truth, Wilson. Rarely, honestly, you and I made the mistake, of course, of of giving a nickname to a player who's actually kind of good and people will pay attention mm. to. So it's all yeah. well and good to to call Alexander Sorloth Lord Sorloth because you know he doesn't play. You know who cares? Sure. Uh, you know <laughs> we'll never even, be exposed. Even Sam Vokes, not never going to be that highly owned. But Callum Wilson is a popular, highly owned player, and when he uh, went from never like he went from never going to match without blanking to never being able to like string a pass together and like yeah. he actually looked okay he looked a little better in the second half of the man united match he created a nice chance for josh king probably should have had an assist in that match but yep. regardless we called him the truth we stuck to our guns we said he was awesome and yeah. he has failed to do anything for many many weeks now and that's that's not on you wilson that's on us it is yeah the, you know, the weight of the always cheating expectations are <laughs> Are, are great. Yeah, it's tough spot. Tough spot for yeah, him. We, we have a question here from Lee at FPL Family who wants to know, Pookie to Jimenez feels like an easy transfer for me this week, especially with those Wolves fixtures. But there is a but, Josh. There is always a but. Always, Pookie, yeah. Pookie plays Watford at home next week. Um, Wolves are back in the Europa League, of course. So that's a, that's another tick in, in, in the anti-column for Jimenez. Lee goes on to say, why am I finding it so hard to leave the party? It's clearly been over for weeks. So is there any case to be made based on the absolute Sherman's March desolation that Pookie has left in his wake over the last five or six game weeks to yeah. hold on to him just for this home Watford match? Um, well, it's a Friday match. It's kind of fun to have a player for that match. The, I, I can understand the temptation. I mean, I just dropped Pookie. Uh, going into game week 11. Uh, and the problem is not team Apuki. The problem is his midfield. Uh, there's no one to give him the ball. And mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like a problem that's going to get solved. Um, there just aren't enough creative players behind him. You know, he's battering Ram, Olnel Hernandez. You've got Todd Cantwell, who's injured and doesn't have any confidence anyway. Uh, Buendia, who's 
kind of their one really creative player who's been basically locked down. And I feel like people have teams have figured out that if you just lock this guy down, there's no one else to to create anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no matter how well he played, and, and you know, and also I think some of their goals were coming when they were getting teams on the break, uh, which is something that you can sort of prepare for a little bit too. And you know, a team yeah. like Watford isn't necessarily going to dominate that match, and you know, the, that's a match where you would expect you know Norwich to be in a position where they're trying to create things and sort of you know be in the uh, you know I, I don't know like have the ball in their half at least a little bit. I feel like when I'm watching Watford play now with Kike Sanchez Flores back on the sidelines, when they show a close-up of Kike, I feel like he's only looking at the defense and he's only thinking about how he can make the defense <laughs> tighter and better. He's yeah. completely yeah. disinterested in what Andre Gray is doing uh, up front. God knows what. I, I, I don't know if Lee's having trouble here with the notion of gambler's fallacy or if a player like Pookie becomes like a security blanket and the, just the fear of change and the uncertainty of who you would bring in to replace Pookie. Um, it's a, yeah. Is this strategy even going to work? I mean, it's, they have like, did you realize, I somehow didn't realize, I'm looking at the table there. I mean, maybe, maybe everybody knows this and I just didn't realize it, but they didn't have a single win this season. They have zero wins in 11 matches. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Are you talking about Kike's strategy at Watford? I'm just saying that Watford, well, yeah, I mean, like, I just can't, I just didn't, I was looking at Watford and I was like, well, how far down are they? And I was like, yeah, they have zero All the wins way down. in the season. Yeah. <laughs> and they do have three draws in a row, or they did. They, they have three draws sandwiched around two losses. Uh, but, I mean, three draws only equals one win, Kike. I mean, that's like, you could lose four <laughs> and win one. It's the same thing. So they do have to score. It's, I mean, their, their goal differential is minus 17. Now, I guess that's a little worse because of the... Yeah. Uh, but people have been. You know, there's actually a question I have for the um, lady around that I'll just move up here. Uh, question about uh, you know whether you wanted to look at any of the Watford defenders like like Jan Mott. and I mean to me the answer is a big no. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of like kind of like Brighton last season where Brighton have a pretty and we're seeing it this year where they're you know sometimes the best defense is a decent attack you know and now that Brighton are not sort of behind holding the line or whatever and they're not, they're yeah. not sort of getting pummeled uh yes. they, their defense looks good again um and i think point. that yeah and i think that with wafford if they just had some attackers some you know troy dini being out it's probably hurt them but if they had some attackers i think that would really make their defense a little easier to, i mean like oh yeah like so you have yamat on the wing like who's he sending the ball into you know who's going to score anyway I don't, you know? I, if the, during the Watford match this weekend Lee Dixon was uh poo-pooing the idea that Troy Deeney was going to change the game when he comes back from injury Lee was he not probably, he, he's he was not like, having oh, it. Troy's going to score like what are you going to count on eight goals a season from that guy not a fan <laughs> not so, a fan yeah, and Delafeu is not really uh I mean he's having a really disappointing season for sure I mean his first goal came on a penalty uh you know, maybe that yeah. brings his confidence up a little bit but i mean danny welbeck that was always a mistake right? i mean that guy just yeah. um he's, he's you know he's a, seems like a really nice person but he just doesn't have the body for the premier league and uh Deanie, andre gray um never got over those racist tweets you know yes. <laughs> just never never happened for him yeah so yeah. So there you go. Uh, off into the sunset ye ride. Timu Puki and Callum Wilson, thanks for the memories. Yeah. Did we answer FPL with Lee's question? I think both of us would just move Puki to Jimenez, right? Like even if it doesn't work out, yeah, sure, Puki could score a goal or two on Friday. 
doesn't look likely. And I think that long term that move works out anyway. So uh, just right. enjoy that as a, you know, take them out of your team. And then Friday night's matches becomes a pure watch. Trademark hail cheaters. Well, Lee just needs to free Pookie. Maybe Lee's the problem here. He mm. is holding Pookie He's back. Holding him back. There's only yeah. one way to test that theory, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for the questions, Lee, and and Awesomeo as well. Two of my favorite follows on Twitter. Brennan's a quick break, and we'll get back with a short lightning round. This game, make real short this time, Brennan. Sure. <laughs> Brandon, we got together last weekend, you, me, and both of our wives, like the like the true old guys that we got called on Reddit. I love being an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> and like an old guy, you brought a package with you as well, a, a care package for me. Uh, and inside of it was a fantastic Untuck It shirt. You and I both got brand new Untuck It shirts. I actually wore mine the next day. I don't know if I told you that, but uh, as a short guy, I really did appreciate it. It was, uh, it fit really. By the way, we're, we're here to talk about Untuck It, Brandon, in case uh, it <laughs> wasn't clear. This is the Untuck It cast. Yeah, this is the Untuck exactly. It cast. Uh, I, was, I was very, I was very impressed. Uh, it, the, the, the fabric was nice. The length yeah. was very good. I'll um, tell you what I like about the uh, Untuck It, and we'll get into the great features that Untuck It offers, but yeah. it's the length is one thing the collar is actually really sturdy yeah. and looks makes you look clean and professional and not shabby that's true i often have to put in collar stays in my in my yeah. in my you know my nicer shirts and so it was nice it had like a, yeah right, it had a good sort of built-in strength to it uh i'm talking is the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked no matter your shape or size and shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length and again, I, I think you're taller than me, and I'm glad it fit for you. But as, as someone who is, I'm probably like generously five eight. Uh, it was it was definitely uh, the perfect length uh, for me. Uh, with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. You can find your favorite Untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Actually, one near my office. Choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And the website is easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit Untucket.com and use Blue, B-L-U-E, Blue, for 20% at checkout. That's Untucket.com and promo code Blue for 20% off. And you and I both recommend it. All right, Josh, quickly, let's move to what's down below, below the uh, where that Untuck It shirt breaks. And let's talk about uh, grooming and Manscaped. Our friends at Manscaped are supporting Blue Wire, and Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I actually did get an electric Manscaped <laughs> razor in the mail. It's cute, yeah. Josh. It's so tiny, and it looks like a... Uh, a tool that I actually wouldn't be embarrassed for somebody to see on my bathroom shelf. That's great. And I want some before and after photos as well. <laughs> you got Maybe it. That's just for check, a private... Uh, check my Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, send, me a, send me a Google chat, but don't send it to me when we're at work. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and as you know, Josh, uh, manscaping accidents are finally uh, going to be a thing of the past. Their, uh, the Manscaped's Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag. Very important. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing 
ball deodorant and moisturizer. You wow. already put deodorant in your armpits, Josh. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? There actually is true. There's, that's a true thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Gold Bond Powder, it's not cutting it anymore. Check out Manscaped. So uh, for 20% off free shipping, use the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BLUEWIRE. Brad, we're back. Short, short, short lightning round this time. All right, let's start things off with FPL Eber's got an excellent question. How to deal with the City versus Liverpool game? All right, so this, this Sunday, yeah. uh, one of the the, the biggest match, the biggest match of the year, huge match. Uh, mm-hmm. If it is anything like I, I will, I would make an argument, and I maybe need to sit down and think about this a little bit. But I would make an argument that the are you standing up right now? I wish I I should be. I think it was like January 2nd last year, whatever it was, the Liverpool-Man City game last season, the 2-1 Man City win, was maybe the best Premier League match I've ever seen. It was riveting. It was was absolutely riveting. riveting. It was an amazing, amazing game. The kind of game where you forgot about fantasy because it was such an amazing match. Uh, I mean, there were some contenders. I remember there was a Man United-Man City game from like 2010 uh, that was – you know, right when I was like really starting to get obsessed with the Premier League, that was that was a big match for me as well. But uh, I think I, I'm going to go with that as my favorite match, my favorite Premier League match. Um, and if that if this match is anything like that one, and I, I don't know that it will be because the form is a little weird with these teams and some injuries and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, what are you doing with your fantasy assets? Are you are you just I'm starting all of them? I'm yeah. starting all of them, and I feel like there are so many ways to hedge this question. Like the one way to hedge is exactly the argument you're making, which I agree with, in that I'm sorry there will be moments in which the Premier League just um, – my interest in the Premier League outweigh my FPL interest. Yeah. But in addition, um, there have been recent matches between City and Liverpool that have been high-scoring affairs. and. Sure. I think we've definitely just gone in on attacking assets with these teams. I mean, with the Odomendi uh, whole thing basically come coming to its conclusion, we've pretty much extracted ourselves from City defensive assets. As we discussed with Trent and Robertson, the only reason we're really buying into Liverpool right now is that their defense is their attack. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the assets are all attackers. And I think there is every chance this could be um, – a game with goals in it. And yeah, I'm definitely, I'm happily going to start them. It could, I could, yeah. The, the, the other argument then of course is it's very easy to imagine this being a nil, nil draw because of the form that you were hinting at. Uh, you know, these, the, they aren't just city and Liverpool aren't super prolific as they have been in the, in the last year. Yeah. Um, I I'm also I'm in the same boat. I actually have two Liverpool defenders right now. Uh, my thinking had been that I was going to drop Van Dyke going into this upcoming game week, but now with their upcoming fixtures, I wonder if I just stay doubled up with the Liverpool defense uh, and and Salah is the one who goes. I mean, this is, this is a classic. This is, it actually gets back to Lee's question about Pookie. Um, you know, this classic thing where you just you don't want to get rid of a player who you know can can score goals and do well. But 
Is this why I've hung on to Issa Diop for uh, four (laughs) weeks? But it just ignores that you're bringing in a player who also can score and do well. And in many cases, you know, if I move from Salah to Jamie Vardy, I'm I'm bringing in a player who, at this point, and given their given Vardy's fixtures. I haven't actually made this movie up. It's a movie I'm thinking about doing. Um, I, w- I would have a similar player, and I would have an extra three million. Um, and so maybe I just maybe I just do that. I mean, there's something about getting rid of a Liverpool mid that's so hard to do. But uh, um, they're not they're not really scoring in bunches this season anyway, are yeah. they? It's not really like yeah. they're Liverpool haven't done. I mean, you know, you mentioned uh, they, they've been high scoring matches in the past. I mean. Liverpool, Man City, like a year, was it two years ago? Uh, that was that 4-3 match, mm-hmm. you know, where Salah scored from, from midfield, uh, um, got Ederson, you know, off his line. Uh, but that kind of match, I feel like Liverpool haven't played a match like that in ages. You know, the That's most, true. That's true. Yeah. And, and I'm not really going to put my money where my mouth is where that's concerned because my next big transfer target is Sadio Mane. Right. And I am basically postponing that until game week 13 because yep. you know while while I'm you know saying I'm excited for this game and player attacking assets I I wouldn't want to be investing in bringing in assets in this game week that are city or liverpool uh kevin de bruyne uh is there any thought to that he might be a droppable asset moving forward. Uh, yeah, we have a question here from Rushi who says, uh, would it be too maverick to bench both Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne for game week 12? And I I don't see it. I actually, I did a stats comparison for KDB on the Fantasy Scouts membership page of KDB's numbers in game week 11. You know, when mm-hmm. now this this deep lying Kevin De Bruyne myth is is starting to populate FPL social media. His XG was higher than it's been the last two weeks, you know, when he uh, after he missed that one match. His stats were great in game week 11. So I don't know what you're seeing, what you're I think what everyone is seeing is just a lack of FPL returns where we're just spoiled at the start of the season. I think Kevin De Bruyne is a player that just naturally covers a lot of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Pep is going to deploy him in a few different ways. And with Rodri injured, he has to put in a few more tackles. But they do also heavily rely on De Bruyne to get uh, to link that play and to also get into the box to uh, to make things happen. So I am still really pro Kevin De Bruyne. And you know, we're talking about midfield prices you know who are we gonna pick to fill sun's spot i would i would almost like argue can you stretch sun to kevin de bruyne because i think that he still weirdly is a value pick if you put de bruyne in the same pool as sala and mane and sterling 10.2 is i think decent still very decent value for de bruyne and he's not going anywhere and he will yeah I do think the the groin injury or whatever the hamstring whatever it was uh it clearly has affected him I mean because before that he was you know 11 13 17 9 um you know massive returns you know seemingly week in and week out uh and then he misses game week 8 uh blanks in game week 9 granted he should have could have done very well in game week 9 uh just the one assist in game week 10 
say what you love about whether that should have been a goal or an assist. It was kind of the one real chance that he kind of created. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure he created more chances than that, but that's the one I can remember anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and then a blank in game week eleven. Um, you know, just I mean, so one assist in four matches. Uh, it's something to think I, about. I don't know. I would you know, buy. I would buy the argument that it is a hamstring that is hindering him too, because like the trademark cross that he puts in from the right hand side. It's going to require like a certain like any the fact that it's the same cross every single time. It's like everything yeah. must have to be exactly right from, you know, his pelvis down to you know the tip of his his big toe. Yeah. So if there is it, any sort yeah. of stiffness there, it might hinder. him. So just I mean, I, you talk about being a little like we talked about earlier about being a little riskier and taking some being a little different. I mean, Mo Salah is down to 27 points, 27.9 percent ownership. I mean, he's a almost a proper differential at this point uh you know if you think he's going to get into better health i i wonder if the move is to is to actually hold the lower owned sala and drop kdb um and use that as a way to fund Vardy. i don't know i'm just you know mm-hmm. i mean kdb is yeah. at 40 percent ownership so if he does really well it's gonna it's gonna hurt you but um you know someone someone highly owned and very talented has to get has to be dropped i think um, I know I'm talking a lot about my own team here, but it's, it's on my mind. So yeah, uh, no, I hear you. F- forgive it, me. Yeah. I think yeah. everyone has a stacked midfield right now with premiums and it's just seem seemingly a coin flip, which one of, right. which not, not which two of those three premiums are going to perform, which, which one of them will. Yeah. So yeah, the, the anxiety is real for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, I've got. <laughs> I've got whatever it is, 37 million of those. I mean, Salah, Sterling, Mount, and De Bruyne, right? I mean, like many people, I have seven points across my midfield this game week. And uh, yeah, uh, that's not not that's not fun. All right. The one Liverpool player we haven't touched on at all, Peter Oleski, wants to talk about what to do with Bobby Firmino. Brought him in for his run of two-pointers. Will the fortune for him change? He was really unlucky not to get returns in game week 11. So if you have Bobby... And then you're staring down the barrel of this Man City fixture. Do you, right. and on top of all these blanks, do you stick or twist? Yeah, I think uh, dropping him would would make a lot of sense. Uh, I think um, the thing about him is, yeah, it's we have such a long track record for him that he's kind of on track to do what he does. You know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. got what three goals and four assists. Uh, at the 25, you know, 30% mark of the season last year, he finished on 12 goals, right? So kind of right where you'd expect him to be. Um, four assists is actually a little bit higher than he's averaged. Um, I think his, his peak was a 11 assists in the 16, 17 season. He just is he's super unselfish. He's not a pure striker, uh, despite, I mean, I, 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 they just are, I mean, he's through the center, I suppose, and that's why he gets classified as one. But, uh, I mean, at this point, you could almost argue that Sadio Mane is the real striker in that team. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, if it's, I know we're talking about Vardy a lot. If it's, you know, for me to Vardy, I think is easy move. Let's say you had both of them. You have an expensive front line. Uh, I would, I mean, I think you could hold him for the upcoming game weeks cause they, they do get better and he plays a ton, you know, he's not a manager. It's not a player gets rested very often, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I would not feel great about, uh, about having Firmino right. moving forward. He's just not, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't score enough. Yeah. We're going to talk about captaincy options for game week 12 in a second, but Tammy Abraham and Jamie Vardy, those are the two strikers that we're all zeroing in on right now and Firmino can't really 
compete with them. I mean, Firmino will have his moments, but good luck catching those moments because it's yeah. Really I mean, tough. Vardy's on Vardy's on ten goals for the season already. You know, the the most goals that Firmino has ever scored in a season is fifteen. Uh, you know, he's just not a uh, he's not a high volume scorer, and so you're really relying on assists from him. And uh, with Sal out of form, it's kind of hard to get those. So, yeah, I think uh, I would probably drop Firmino. All right. Severoa wants to know. uh, Hi, Severoa. How are you? Um, He wants to know premium. Sorry, I lost my place here. As big at the back as dead is premium also dead. I'm feeling I'm getting most of my points from players under 10 million. So, Josh, if we go to the stats page on the FPL site, who are the top point getters who are under 10 million got jamie vardy right at the top tammy tammy abraham fourth spot john lundstrom in sixth and then you have to go down to david silva like 10 players down like 66 70 to 75 percent of these players are premium so is it true is it true that premium players are over right now no, uh, it's it's not true. I mean, Sterling had 11 points last game week, and Salah scored a goal last game week. Um, Sadio Mane obviously had double digit returns again this game week. Uh, no, it's just uh, it's just this is the nature of the game. You're always going to have, you know, one out of three of them is only you know two out of three of them are not going to come through. You know, and you're only going to get you know something from one. It's, it feels like there have been a few. Slightly unusual moments this season where it feels like virtually everybody has blanked. Um, you know, uh, maybe that feels like that volume is a little higher than in previous years. But like you said, I mean, you know, and, and if you extend that the premium to include the defenders, I mean, it's yeah, you got Lunsom at the top, but then it's you know a bunch of six million plus defenders below him. So uh, kind of same as it ever was. Yeah. Last question on the lightning round comes from AJ. Is it time to move off Burnley defensive assets? Nick Pope, tell me what you think because, like, Nick Pope to uh, to Henderson or Ryan seems like a no brainer. A lot of people are pointing yeah. out Henderson is going to miss that Manchester United match because he's on loan. So maybe right. it's just no question, just go for Matt Ryan. But Pope is over. Is the entire Burnley defense over? The entire entire Burnley squad, for that matter. Um. Yeah, uh, I think. <laughs> well, I'm just question. like I'm trying to like I'm I'm thinking about it because I'm, I'm I'm planning to start Pope in game week twelve. Um, you know, I ha- I have like a old school four point five million keeper rotation right now, and so uh, I have Ryan and Pope, and so yeah, I'm planning to start Pope for West Ham at home. I probably start him in game week thirteen as well. Um, yeah, I mean, would you start Nick Pope away to Watford, or would you start Matt Ryan at home to Leicester? You know, it's a it's a tricky one. I'm not sure that's an easy answer. I mean, Watford don't score, so I guess you got to play Nick Pope, right? Yeah, if you if you have that rotation, I think you're decently set up, Josh, with a Ryan Pope rotation. But if you're just on Pope, the issue is clearly he's just not making any saves, and that's what's always made Burnley keepers so appealing yeah. in the past is the save points that they accumulate, and that's just shifted over to to Brighton, uh, and that's that's the long and short of it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure why. Uh, I was just reading some stat review where they were like, yeah, they like concede a bunch of long balls. I don't know. For whatever reason, um, or they like they they um I think their defense, the defensive stance for them are okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what can you I mean, they just dropped 
just got their butts kicked by Sheffield United. So I, I'm not really in the mood to say anything nice about Burnley. It's <laughs> and their fixtures yeah. aren't great either. I mean, they're okay. The next three are fine. Uh, but then, yeah, they play City and Spurs and, uh, you know, just it's hard to even West Ham. I mean, like it's hard to feel confident about any of their uh, upcoming fixtures, given how they've looked. I mean, they chipped four at home to Chelsea just, yeah. you know, two weeks ago. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that's the last question. Uh, so game week 12, we already talked about uh, the Liverpool Man City on Sunday. Um, I think uh, for fantasy purposes, the Palace uh chelsea match uh, should be very interesting um definitely yeah i don't know the rest the rest of it's kind of a funny mixed bag right um leicester arsenal could be kind of fun that should be a high scoring affair i would think oh yeah that is definitely a marquee fixture i mean uh, spurs without sun became slightly less interesting against sheffield united i think and everyone's going to be rolling out john lundstrom so maybe just happy to not see sun playing next week uh Chelsea, Crystal Palace, just exciting to see Gary Cahill back at the bridge, right? <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, no, Yeah, people haven't been talking about that enough. I, I feel like I haven't seen like a montage where it's like, <laughs> I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world, whatever that's, yeah, that song. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's, yeah, I mean, you know, the Wolves, Wolves-Eston Villa should be kind of interesting too. That could be a fun match. So the thing about Wolves is I, I, I'm sort of intrigued by uh, – uh, by the, the well, of course, I'm forgetting this name right now. The uh, the the defender on Wolves, um, uh, Sace remains yes. Sace. Uh, yes. four four point four million already has a goal and assist in the season. Uh, one one clean sheet. I think the issue here is it's a it's a classic fantasy trap. I think where this kind of cheap defender on a good team pops up and you get kind of excited about them. And the problem is the only reason he's playing is because that defense is so decimated, right? That it sort of opens up, not decimated, but like their 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 center backs are are all injured, you know. I mean, Bully and and Bennett and um, Bully probably being their best defender. So if you best central defender, if you you know lose those players, that's going to make the whole defense worse, right? So right. you don't necessarily want to have them. And, you know, if it's if it's a really tight, if it's a Chelsea type situation or something. It's it's pretty tight, and you just add in. Tamori, then sure, it's it's fine. Um, but I think, you know, I don't know. Like, so what's my point? And my point is that uh, I was sort of interested in their defense for a while, and now I'm kind of like, is it really worth it? You know, yeah. is it really worth that move? So that's, that's where I am. Uh, I am with you. Interested to see how their form keeps up when the Europa League kicks back into gear because they've looked decent going forward recently, and uh, I will admit that. So ca- captaincy options, I feel like Jamie Vardy and Tammy Abraham lead the way. Would you de- would you dare captain anyone in this Liverpool City fixture? I mean, sure. Uh, you know, I think uh, this seems like a match where Sterling could get something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think he'll have more room to run uh, and and maybe just a, just a little more freedom uh, in general. Um, I think uh, will he be running against? Trent, is that? Am I thinking about this correctly in terms of? He usually he, plays on the left. On. So yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. Yeah. So on the left, I mean, Trent. Correct. Tr- so Trent, you know, because he's so attacking, does open up a lot of space on the left. I mean, this is kind of what Son exploited a couple of times in that Spurs match at home. So I think uh, Raheem Sterling captaincy would be a reasonable move. I do not expect Liverpool to keep a clean sheet in this match. I I, I, I could see them winning. Uh, but I 
don't see them keeping a clean sheet. So yeah, yeah, I think that's you know Aguero. I don't know. He did score in this one last year. I I wouldn't. I don't see it though. Um, and yeah, I mean, what about you? What do you think about these these captain options? I think yeah, I'm Vardy for me, and Tammy is my vice. But I agree, I agree with you on the Sterling shout and. It's going to be a full-strength lineup, but what does that mean for City in terms of Jesus versus Aguero? I don't know, which is why I will probably yeah. still have Aguero, but I will won't will not have the temptation of captaining him. I I almost think that Trent is like an under the radar captain for this for this match too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mm-hmm. just playing that. I mean, I, I'm not going to do it, but I you know of I think uh, of course not, but <laughs> someone out there might. Um, you know, I think uh, he. I just think that given where they are with their center backs right now, um, you could just see him launch some balls into the box and, and possibly, uh, um, it just seems like a match where he could get two assists, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe like a goal and a free kick or something like that. You know, you know, Fernandinho is going to fall somebody outside the box, <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in some, you know, in some pivotal moment in that match. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Yes, I can see it. All right. Game week 12, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Uh, so as I mentioned before, if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, chat with us all week on Patreon, uh, go to the special uh, Ask Josh and Brandon a Question forum. Uh, you and I were just talking about uh, how we, we need like a division of labor for that because um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure we get to everything. Uh, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, and uh, I want to thank our producers very quickly. Thank you to our news producer, Andy Portlock. Thank you to Peter Bodictel, Nick Wright, Stian Niehaus, Kaya Kirsting Lelang. Sorry about the t-shirt, Kaya. We're going to get you a replacement out uh, ASAP. Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Keen Gransky, Dave Wigner Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Barry McGuire, Paul Herzig, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Chris Carter, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Trevor Ingerson. Trevor, we're going to see you on Tuesday. Victor Forberg, Skogang, Blair Jacobson, Brian T., Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DiPietro. And as I sort of alluded to there, Brandon, the Michigan State basketball team is number one in the country going into the season, and they play on Tuesday night in Madison Square Garden, and we're going to be there. Absolutely. So excited. Definitely looking forward to that. And never miss a minute of always cheating. Give us a subscribe, a subscription, however you call that, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. Or give us a follow on social media. We're on Twitter, at Cheaters, Instagram. At Hail Cheaters, Facebook.com slash always cheating, or send us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com. All this information is available on our website, alwayscheating.com. Beautiful. Well, well said, Brandon. Nice. Uh, I think you did say favorite instead of favorite, but other than that, you really. <laughs> uh, never right, never well, too far away from uh, my <laughs> beloved Brett Favre. <laughs> Uh, so thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast, Brandon. Uh, I, I like this, uh, I like this new direction for the pod. I'm glad that we're, uh, now we're being a little more positive again. This we're, is good. We're positive. Just going. like, just like Poku, Poku forever. <laughs> just Poku forever. And, uh, Hey, yeah, Sam Vokes, wherever you are, if you're still alive, uh, thank <laughs> you for being you, buddy. If you're still alive, find us at hailcheaters at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Let us know where you are.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.